Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. I can't remember the last time I spoke to a mulberry tree or pondered the size of a mustard seed, except when that lesson comes around with our children and the journey into the Bible program here. Jesus and his disciples have been walking about the countryside, and he's been talking about something we all have a concern about, and that's our faith. Last week we heard about the rich man and Lazarus, Lazarus struggling to stay alive while the rich man threw the crumbs to the dogs rather than allow the man outside of his gate to receive any food and be nourished, at least in body. The apostles, the disciples who are following Jesus are beginning to get that first taste of of what Jesus is teaching. It's kind of like when we go into a supermarket or Whole Foods or these days even Sam's and there's somebody there giving you a morsel of cheese or a cracker or something hoping that it'll wet your taste buds enough to where you go buy something else. They want to know more. They are concerned about being good enough having a strong enough faith, and so they come with a very reasonable question to Jesus. They ask Jesus to increase their faith. And then Jesus talks about a small seed and a large tree with large roots and says if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can uproot this rather gangly and deep-rooted tree and it will go into the ocean. Have you ever tried that? I haven't. I'm afraid to. Jesus is trying to tell them that the smallest grain of faith can do mighty and powerful things if we take the time and the energy and the effort to nourish that seed, not just to throw it on the ground and expect it to grow without any kind of love or care or concern. In Hebrews, we hear that faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the convictions of th- conviction of things not seen. Now, I don't know about you, those are powerful words. But the scientist, the geologist in me wants more detail. The what, the where, the how, the how did this happen. Faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. Well, that's like a, th- a child coming up to me in Sunday school and saying, show me Jesus. I can't show a child Jesus. You can't see Jesus. He's here right now. Whether you know it or not, he's here. But I can't show him to you. He's not seen. The assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. So what do we do? Well, for me, and again, probably approaching it from a rational scientific point of view, I need at least three things. First, I have a belief. Not quite like what we're about to state in the Nicene Creed, but I still believe that there is a higher power, and I believe that higher power is God. I don't believe that you and I are a mistake. I don't believe that this creation came into being just by happenstance or accident or by mistake. I believe that the unmoved mover, 
God, the creator, in a moment of great joy and anticipation, created you and me and everything that is. And I believe it's all good, as we hear in Genesis. I have to rely on my knowledge and my experience, on my learning and my study. It's not just good to have a belief for me, I don't know how it is for you, and not still inquire, inquisit, search out more knowledge and more meaning, more learning. So I study. I seek knowledge, and I look in creation, and I try to learn from it, and I try to learn from those who are older or wiser or even younger and better uh, versed than I am. And then I have to trust. I have to trust my experience. I have to trust the examples that I see. I have to trust what I see in others who claim to follow the same Lord and Savior that I do. I have to trust that God is faithful and true and that God fulfills God's promises. From my experience, that is very true. But I have to trust that God's going to do it again and again and again, and my faith becomes stronger and more central. Let's look around the world for a moment and talk about faithful people from whom we can learn. Television. Believe it or not, it has some good uses. Have you seen the Salvation Army commercial about Amazing Grace? It starts, Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved, and then a series of faces, a crackhead, drug addict, an alcoholic, a meth fiend, a wretch like me. It continues on with those words we know so well. I once was lost, but I'm sorry. I was homeless. I was broken. I once was homeless, broken. A young woman sighs, just a sigh that lets you know it's been rough. I was sad. A young man says, just lost. Have you ever been just lost? I have. But now I am sober. Happy, I'm found. People witnessing to God, calling them back into right relationship, not just with others, but with themselves. That little mustard seed of faith that did not get extinguished as they wandered away from those things that God wishes for us, wholeness and happiness and health, that stayed alive within them and called them back, called them back. Well, let's talk about last Saturday afternoon at 5 o'clock at my house when um, Louisa Merchant and Gretchen Chateau and a crew of people came to take furniture that we were donating to the refugee ministry. After having unloaded the storage bin, having taken a set of furniture to a new refugee family setting up their apartment, and then were wandering around the city collecting more furniture for the next family to come in so we could restock. And not only did they load five heavy pieces of furniture at my house, then I took them around the corner to a neighbor's house where they unloaded, where they loaded onto the truck a large sofa and a big entertainment center like we used to get in the 80s. And then they brought it back here and unloaded it. And who knows what time. They were living out 
their faith, not just to be good people, which they are, but to say, my faith makes a difference and I'm called to be the hands and feet of Jesus and to do something about it. And then I can't avoid speaking of my own hillside experience two and a half years ago when I held Susie's broken body against the hillside for 30 minutes, not having the strength to do that, but being able to do it and know that I was being held there by our Lord and Savior. We were not alone on that hillside. My faith told me that and gave me the strength to continue. It's real. It makes a difference. It is a gift. We all have it. We just have to nurture it. If you were to visit my office, as you walk in above the sofa, there is a picture, a painting, of two little children in a church, and they're doing, this is the church, this is the steeple, open the door and see all the people. It's a little boy and a little girl. The little girl was a parishioner, daughter of a parishioner at Mary and Martha's in Buford, the church I served before I came here. She was about three years old at the time. The picture painting was done by a local artist, somewhat popular in the Christian bookstores. A year before I came here, her mother, whose name was Laurie, had a reoccurrence of melanoma after 10 years. If there's a cancer that I hate, I do not hate any more than melanoma. I have to say that. It's mean and it's vicious. She was re-diagnosed in September, and we have our fall fest. We had our fall festival close to Halloween, and the children came in their costumes. We were trying to put some kind of Christian slant on a pagan holiday. Actually, we were giving the children one more time to wear their costumes, which... And her mom, uh, the young girl's mom, Lori, came that, that evening dressed not just in costume, but fully costumed as Raggedy Ann. A big smile on her face, a joyous look in her eye, despite the fact that it was clear what was coming. And she brought such joy and presence into our lives that evening that I will never forget. Her faith had gotten her through one round, and her faith was supporting her now. As she lay in her bed a week or so before she died, she asked me to do two things at her funeral. One was sing a time like this. Now, that's a children's song that I teach to our children, and it has uh, motions. It's a time like this, clap, clap, stomp, stomp, waka, waka, nana, nana, woo, woo, boom, boom, raise the roof, amen. She said, I know you can't do that. I just did it for you, didn't I? I teach that song to children. It, it ends, I, each verse ends, I need the Lord to help me. And you add, go through and add a movement each time. I need the Lord to help me. And I tell the children, I tell our children, that when they get scared, they can sing that song. At a time like this, I need the Lord to help me. Simple. I sing it myself. I probably sung it on the hillside that day. She said, I know you can't do that, but I do want you to play something for me. 
That's also an unusual request at funerals in the Episcopal Church. It's becoming more common. It was a song. She gave it to me. She said, take this home. This is where I am. This is where I am in her journeys, what she was telling me. And I had to go buy a copy, and we played it. And there was not a dry tear, uh, eye in the house. And I'm going to close with it. It's a song written by a Christian songwriter named Jenny Owens. She became blind at age three. This is actually a live version that she sang in New Orleans. But anyway, here are the words. The pathway is broken and the signs are unclear. And I don't know the reason why you have brought me here. But just because you love me the way that you do, I'm going to walk through the valley if you want me to. No, I'm not who I was when I took my first step. And I'm clinging to the promise. You're not through with me yet. So if all these trials bring me closer to you, then I will walk through the fire if you want me to. It may not be the way I would have chosen when you lead me through a world that's not my home. But you never, but you never said it would be easy. You only said I'd never be alone. So when the whole world turns against me and I'm all by myself, and I can't hear your answer to my cries for help, I'll remember the suffering your love put you through, and I'll walk through the darkness if you want me to. Because when I cross over Jordan, I'm going to sing, I'm going to shout, going to look into your eyes and see you never let me down. So take me on the pathway that leads me home to you. And I'll walk through the valley if you want me to. Yes, I'll walk through the valley if you want me to. Sisters and brothers in Christ, God walks through the valleys with us. Through the ups and downs of everyday life. Through the valley of the shadow of death. On the mountaintops, when we sing and we shout because we know that God never lets us down and our faith leads us home. Amen.